Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There are things that I realize as I walk with the Lord, like I don't want to do that. Now there's a work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It's not some outward set of rules trying to govern my life, but God says, I'm working from the inside out. I'm going to convict you against that behavior. And you're going to not want to continue to be in that behavior and that'll cause you to come to me and seek me for help and eventually you'll be free and that's how the Holy Spirit works from the inside out it's not religion it's not legalistic but God does bring us into a place of deliverance and freedom non-believers often think that Christianity is about following a bunch of rules and restricting behavior all for the sake of following God but today Pastor Bill reminds us that that's not what it's all about Christianity is about freedom in Christ He doesn't give us rules just for the sake of them. He lays down what we should and shouldn't do for our own benefit. He tells us to stay away from certain things because he knows those things will only bring us hurt. He's not a strict God. He's a loving father. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. God will illuminate by the Holy Spirit. God will cause you to be able to see your need for him. He will open blind eyes and soften hard hearts and cause you to be aware of your need for him and what he's done for you. But you still get to make a choice and you make the choice one time too many in the light of all of that illumination. I still want to do my thing. And one day you're going to be stuck doing your thing. Problem with doing your thing is your thing won't make it to heaven. That won't get you there. So we want to all be cautioned about that. That's what happened to them. How come a people that saw so much at large received him? I mean, there's there's a very small percentage of Jewish people that become Christian. How come? Because as a nation, as a group, as a history, they rejected him. So they're an example to us of what not to do. What do we want to do instead of rejecting the Lord? We want to be we want to be we want to be just like good ground. God, whatever you say, we believe you. God, your word, we take you at your word. We trust you. We want to do the exact opposite of what they're doing. Um, I talked to my dad and um, he was reminding me that when I was a kid, um, I have an older brother that's about 10 years older than me. And if you can imagine being a little kid and seeing somebody that much bigger get a spanking. I remember my brother had snuck out with some friends and we shared a room and my dad had to leave at night to go get him. My dad came in my room and said, where's your brother? I was like, oh, I don't know. And he said he wasn't in the bed and my, my dad had to go get him. And my dad brought him back. And, you know, my dad is my dad is the coolest, calmest, collected brother you want to meet. But when it's spanking time, like another man came out and he brought my brother into the room and I was laying in my bed. And my dad went and got the it looked like a motorcycle belt. It was the real deal. (laughs) Fully leather, you know, and um, I remember watching him tear my brother up. He whooped him. My brother, who in my eyes was just big, you know, big old God, tall guy. And I'm like, he's crying and getting whooped. And I was like. My dad, he laughs now. He said, you know what you did? You came and was like, dad, what did he do? I just want to know because I'm never going to do that. <laughs> Whatever he did, he said, I was, he said, I kept asking. I wanted to know what did he do so I could never do it. And because I saw him like, I don't ever want one of those, man. <laughs> That's a whole nother level of whooping right there, you know. And so too, as we look at Israel, right, and we see a group that rejected God's goodness and rejected his mercy. And now what they've gone through, the majority of them die and go to hell, right? Though they're God's chosen people. Though God's had special favor on them. We got to look at that and say, God, I don't ever want to do that. Well, show me what they did. 
So I don't ever do that. I don't want to be separated from you, Lord. I don't want to be someone that was made aware but didn't receive. I don't want to be that person. And so what do we do? Opposite of what they did. They rejected. We need to receive. They didn't just take him at his word. We need to take him at his word. They put forth their works and their religion. We need to put down our works and put down our religion. And by faith, just be thankful for God's grace. So so often in the church, we, we want so bad to have a part of it. Sometimes in the church, it, it sounds like people are putting forth themselves so much. And we got to be really careful about putting forth ourselves. We really want to be putting forth Jesus. Even in the church, people brag about, you know, well, I've been walking the Lord this long and I, and I, and I, and I. We really need to be bragging about Jesus. He put up with me for this many years. He'd been gracious to me for this long. He got me when I was in this condition, kept me through that condition, forgave me for all my folly along the way. And I'm still with him because of him. And we really want to get good at being honest about how we got saved and how we're being kept. Because by the power of God. Amen. Everybody here that's saved today, if you be honest, you're not still walking because of how faithful you've been. It's how faithful he's been to you and me when we've been unfaithful. It's how good he's been to some really naughty kids. Amen. So we want to keep that in mind as you're ministering to people and talking to people. I don't want to boast me. I need to boast up Jesus. So merciful. So good. That's what they did that messed up everything. They wanted to have too much of a part of what God did according to grace. We just want to be good recipients of grace. Man, I got free gift. That's good enough for me. I'm thankful that I've been a recipient of grace. We want to be okay with that. Amen? That we receive God's goodness on someone else's behalf. Not on my behalf, but on someone else's behalf. One other little illustration. When I, when I was in high school, we had a guy on our football team that was, he was absolutely all that. He was all city, all state. He was a tailback, a linebacker. He was just one of those guys that was super gifted and he was a beast. And so he brought a lot of positive attention to the school. He brought out USC and UCLA and all the big schools. Everybody came to watch him. He was highly sought out. And we went out one morning for one of the guys at school's birthday and we drunk alcohol. We weren't saved. So we got drunk on the way to school and we got to school and you know, we had done this before, but one of the guys got caught and they took him in the office and he gave up a list of names. That guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, one of my friend's girlfriends came to all the classrooms and she was a TA. She was like, this person snitched on all you guys and they're going to be calling you out. This is why they're calling you out. And sure enough, we all got called into the office. And I remember sitting there senior year. I'm like, we're going to get expelled, man, you know. But well, nothing you could do. You busted. You know, I'm sitting in this office. Here come all my buddies one by one. We'd all been snitched on. But you know what was a saving grace for us? Joe Henderson went out that time. He was there. And they can't expel him. I'll never forget this. They had a breathalyzer. This is the vice principal of the school. And he, he walked around. He said, I smell it on you guys. Anybody want to just confess? And everybody was just zip lip, didn't say nothing. He did this in front of us. He took the breathalyzer, he took out the batteries. He closed it back up, started with him, had him blowing it. Obviously, nothing registered. Had everybody blow. He said, I don't know why nothing's registering, but y'all just going to have to sit in here for the day. And we were like, word? <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Nobody's mama got called. I was like, and I, I, I know for a fact, they would have loved to have kicked out some of these kids, but it was because he was with us. Right. I'm, 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 cl I'm clear on that. It wasn't because I was there. I wasn't that important to their program. That kid right there, because he was there, they were like, man, y'all all, all got to get a pass. 
And, I, and I'm thankful today. I'm glad I, I got I had so many ways that I almost didn't graduate, you know, but that was a uh, I know that I made it out of that because of somebody else. I got to know the same is true in terms of my walk. How did I get out of my jam spiritually? Not because of me, because of Jesus. Jesus is to somebody else. He's the one that's gotten me out of my jam. It just will help you have a healthy perspective. You won't end up being a, 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 a spiritually prideful individual when you realize that it's all been done for you by Jesus. And we just need to keep that in mind. Amen. Moving on now, look at verses 11 through 21. It says, I say, then have they stumbled that they should not fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles and I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off so that you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. For you will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. So let's run this back real quick. Verse 11, he says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? He says, certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, Salvation has come to the Gentile. This is the whole thing here. God used the Jewish people falling from grace, them not coming to him through grace. As they did that, it made way for the Gentiles. The attention turned to us, to those that are not Jews. And we were being saved by grace. And then God said, as all the, all the Gentiles are getting saved, he's provoking them to jealousy. They're looking at what we have freely in Christ, what we're enjoying in terms of relationship with God. It's provoking them to jealousy that they're looking at what they're missing out on through us. But then he warns us that we wouldn't become prideful, right? So we want to be really careful as the church of Jesus Christ, how we speak about the Jewish people. And I want to be, I want to be real clear on that with us. Are the Jews still God's chosen people? They are. God says in the Old Testament, I will bless those who bless you of Israel. I will curse those who curse you. Is that still true? It is true. That's why I always pay attention when we're having elections and people are getting brought into office at what's their attitude towards the Jewish people? Because God said, I'll bless those that bless you. I believe that America has been in a blessed predicament for many years because we're one of the nations that have stood by Israel. Because God said, look, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. They're still God's chosen people. Why is God preserving them? Because all you, for you guys that studied the book of Revelation with us, as you come to the end times, and the church is raptured and taken away. We'll, we'll actually will see this later on in the chapter. During the tribulation period, that's when the Jews at large are going to finally wake up and say, oh, no, they're going to get saved during the tribulation period. There are going to be tons of Jews during that period of time that finally 
like the light turns on, they realize that they've, they've had it wrong and they're going to get saved. They're going to evangelize. They're going to be going out. So God says, look, I've I got a plan for them that goes all the way to the end. But meanwhile, I'm working with the church. I'm working with those that will come by faith. I'm working with those that will that will come to me according to faith. So, yeah, they've stumbled. But God said it's not a complete fall. They stumble, they've fallen, but it's, it's just made room for us, the Gentile church. And God is provoking them to jealousy through us. He's basically using us to provoke them, to show them what they're missing out on, to show them what they what they could have uh, had they walked, had they had they done so. And um, I remember when we were younger, there'd be times where, you know, my mom and my dad, my mom, my, when my parents were both at home, my mom would be going somewhere and my dad would be at home chilling and my mom would try to lure me out, you know, with, with uh, you know, oh, we're going to stop here. We're going to go there. And for whatever reason, I would stay back with my dad. And my dad would always do so I wouldn't be made jealous. And at some point while they were gone, he would take me out. And um, I don't know if you guys know, right on Prairie, like right off of Crenshaw, when you go to Prairie, there's a there's a little self-wash car wash. And there's a soda shop right there. And this was our little routine. We would leave home. It would be about 30 minutes. We would go there. He would spray his car. I would go to the soda place, get a cactus cooler or a sun kiss. And then right around the corner from my house, it was a toy store. I would get a Hot Wheel. And we would go home. And then it didn't matter when the, when the women came back, where they had went. And they were like, we went here. And we did this. And I was like, but I had soda. And I have a car. You know, and it was like, now you can't tease me because I, I didn't have my own stuff. But because that's what happened. They would come back and be kind of trying to make you jealous for what you missed out on. God says, in a sense, the church is doing that to Israel, that they're seeing, man, look at look at how God's working in you guys and they're being filled with the spirit and God's moving among them and they're experiencing God. And we have religion. We got a handful of rules and a handful of outfits and a handful of, you know, legalistic things. And at some point that gets old. Maybe some of you here were saved out of some religious traditional stuff. It gets old after a while. It's, it's, it's hard. It's not fruitful. There's no joy. That's one thing I noticed in legalistic people or religious people. They have no joy. They're so unhappy and they want you to be unhappy, too. That's why they be telling you, you got to believe like I believe. You know, they want me. What is misery love? Company. You're going to celebrate Christmas. You celebrate birthdays. And it's absolutely I'm going to celebrate it hard, too. I might I might drink a soda, you know, so, uh, you know, but you have people that like they, they want to bring you under with them. You know, I, I got a friend that's um, he's like an extreme version of, of seven day Adventist. And it's an extreme version. I'm not saying all seven day Adventists are, are this way. And wherever he got to, we're not supposed to eat any. All the Old Testament dietary laws still apply. You know, like you don't know First Timothy that anything you eat with Thanksgiving is you can bless it. And, you know, whatever, it, you know, sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Um, so they, they observe all the laws and they eat veggies and all this different stuff. And it's like, look, bro, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that that's, you know, you enjoy that and all that kind of stuff. Um, I will not be brought under that. I, I won't. That, that, that can't be. It don't even look fun. You know, it just looks like like I'm miserable. And as I see somebody, he probably looking on Facebook, people posting their dinner plates and they just burning them up. He got to send a, have you read this brother? Have you seen this brother? What about this brother? That's Leviticus, brother. You know, so anyway, we want to be really cautious about being roped in to that kind of stuff because God has set us free. Right. If I'm in by grace, that means I didn't earn it to get in. That's just liberating. Right. I'm free to just love Jesus, be loved by Jesus, walk with Jesus grow in my relationship with Jesus, love other people, grow in my relationship in that way. I'm free. 
from all these other things. And not that there are some, they're not some rules, but I believe it's different when it's according to grace. There are things that I realize as I walk with the Lord, like I don't want to do that. Now there's a work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It's not some outward set of rules trying to govern my life. But God says, I'm working from the inside out. I'm going to convict you against that behavior. And you're going to not want to continue to be active in that behavior. And that'll cause you to come to me and seek me for help. And eventually you'll be free. And that's how the Holy Spirit works from the inside out. It's not religion. It's not legalistic. But God does bring us into a place of deliverance and freedom. And he frees us up more and more and more. And sometimes the way God frees us is by causing us to be separated from some things. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but he said, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. So Paul said, I'm not going to use my liberty in a way that could bring me into bondage. I'm not going to exercise my liberty in a way that could hinder me. Ultimately, I want to be free. I want to stay free. And so I encourage you guys that we we have entered into relationship with the Lord by grace and we do get to be an example to the Jew and even to the religious of what it is to walk in freedom and liberty with Christ. We get to be an example of what it looks like. And so we want to be a good example um, as you walk in your freedom and walk in power and victory in Christ. We want to share that with other people that they might know God's goodness. Be free about sharing. Some of us, we get saved and we don't want people to know that you're still we're still being worked on. And we can kind of present to people like, yeah, you know, I got saved, but now I'm way up here. Oh, I don't, I don't sin at all. Maybe once a week, maybe on a bad week. But we all know better than that, don't we? So don't present like that because it'll leave somebody lost like, man, I, I don't think I could ever do that. You're so holy. Wow. You know, I don't think I could ever attain to that when we know that we're not that holy. I want to leave the door open for some people that are failing still and say, look, I'm, I've been walking the Lord this long. I still blow it. God's still working on me. I'm not what I was, though. Right. Don't ever be content to stay stuck. I should not be where I was five years ago. Shouldn't be because the work of God is progressive. We're moving forward. So if you're stuck five years ago, I'm going to say you need to get evaluated. You, know, you might need to check some things out. But our walk and our life in Christ should be progressive. We should be moving forward, making progress. The things that God is speaking. We talked about this at the men's advance. The things that we're dealing with this year, they ought to be different than last year. And all the guys that went up and we, you know, we're seeking to be overcomers. We want to walk this out. And when we go up next year, if God tarries by the grace of God, I pray that we'll go up and be overcoming new things that we won't go up there needing to overcome the thing that you came down needing to overcome, but that there be progression and growth in our relationship with the Lord. And so he told him two times in this section, he told him in verse 18, he says, do not boast against the branches, right? Don't boast against them. You've been grafted in. And he says, they're the root that supports you. Don't boast against, don't talk bad about the Jews. Don't talk bad about Israel. Now, I have to say this as well. Uh, I believe that anti, um, oh man, how you say it? Anti-Semitic, anti-Semiticism. <laughs> Hatred of the Jews, right? I believe that it is satanically inspired, right? God says, I choose them. Well, Satan says, then I hate them. And as you look back, as far as you can look back, there's been an attempt on them, right? Wouldn't God tell the woman through your seed, the Messiah is going to come through your seed. And so oh, right away, that's the first we had a kid kill a kid. Um, they had things going on from the very beginning as um, you look at the Jewish, their history overall. How many times did they try to extinguish all the Jewish male child? 
Every time that happened, it was it was that was satanic. I believe satanically inspired. Hitler. I mean, he he really put a dent in the Jewish population, but he didn't stop him. Or who inspired him to do what he did? Why? How do you hate a single group of people that bad? Where you you employ military might and strength to to wipe them out? Satanically inspired. And so I'm going to set us all free. Do we hate anybody? Do we hate any group of people? No, not as believers. We absolutely don't. But understand that Satan inspired those things. Wanted to wipe them out. When Jesus was born, all the babies from this age killed. Kill them all. They missed them though. They always missed the one that because God's sovereign. He's in charge of everything. And he was going to get his will accomplished. But I want you to note that, that they are a hated group of people. You know, a lot of people now look at Israel. Man, Israel just in the way. They just causing all these battles and wars. And won't they just give them their their this and to give them their that and da 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 da? And it's like, really? Do your homework, right? They've been the ones that have been ripped off. And this is the thing I love, right? I believe that God is protecting them. So I be, I can't wait for somebody to finally decide we're going to go ahead and do war with Israel. I can't wait to see how God's going to deliver, right? Because they're not going to be wiped out. And it's interesting on their history. They're so small, but they're so hated. Do your homework. It is supernatural. Every time someone's come against them, somehow they win. Every time, every look at all the wars when people have gone against them, they win. They're the only nation that was wiped out of their country. Nobody else has been wiped out of their country, came back, reestablished and flourished in their land again. Nobody else. Sodom and Gomorrah, you see any Sodom and Gomorrahites? You don't. They're gone. They're nations that have been wiped out and they're wiped out completely. You don't see them anymore. But the Jews were wiped out. And so people scoffed at all the verses that talked about how they were going to do this and do that and flourish in the land and how they were going to be part of the end time sequence of events and in Jerusalem, this, that and the other. But what happened in May 14, 1948? What happened? They got reestablished in their land. And not only are they there, you guys, they're flourishing in their land. They got an agricultural society is popping. They got technology that's going. They're rich. Little bitty thing flourishing. Why? God's just with them. So we just need to know that as a church, right? We don't worship Jewish people, Jewish culture. Realistically, we look at them in large and say, wow, they've rejected the Lord. I've been to Israel. They've rejected Christ. They've, they've gone after religion. But God said, I, I still got a plan for them. It's supposed to encourage us. If I can look at them, they haven't given God anything to love, but God still loves them. It should be an encouragement to people that have said, I love God, Right? There's a group that God has chosen and they don't give him anything in response. They don't want him. They reject him. They don't love him. And God says, but I'm keeping my commitment. Then that should really encourage you and I as we struggle and we, we're frail and we blow it and we mess up. That God loves us with that same love. That's the God that we serve. We're at least trying. You know, we're at least making making moves toward the Lord. So it should actually encourage us in our walk and our relationship with Christ. Moving on. Look at verse 22. It says, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but toward you, goodness. And if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Guys, I want you to consider the, the two part, two parts of who I am. And I always hate this about, you know, ministers that don't want to talk about the other, you know, people love to talk about this, this side of the coin over here that says God loves you and he's gracious and merciful and compassionate and all those things are true. But nobody wants to talk about the flip coin where God is just and he deals with sin 
and he punishes iniquity. And he did create hell for the devil and his angels and all that reject them will go there. That's the flip side of the coin. And so God says, I want you to consider, consider the goodness and the severity of God. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington and A Transforming Word. We know you didn't have to come today. You could have turned off this message and moved on to the news or to a talk show, but you chose to stay. You chose to invest your time in learning more about the Word of God with us. In this series, Pastor Bill is making his way through the book of Romans. In Romans 8, 6, we read, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You didn't have to stay today, but it might be the best decision you could have made. On the news, you could have encountered plenty of death, but here we're able to set our minds on the spirit together, discovering the life and peace that he brings. And we have more opportunities for you to set your mind on the spirit. Why wait for the next edition of A Transforming Word? On our website, you'll find a daily Bible reading plan, links to our YouTube channel and our mobile app. You'll have hundreds of messages available to you at the touch of a finger. You'll also find ways to join in the work with us through giving and prayer. Our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. But there are other ways to find us too. We're on Instagram and Facebook. What better way to move your mind to the Spirit than to bring Him into your social media? As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. Oh yeah, and don't forget to come back here next time for a transforming word to transform your life.